You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Welcome, everybody. You are listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior, and I'm the guy whose name is in the title. I'm your host, Al Melchior. Thank you for joining me for this hour, and uh, the countdown's down to two. Two days till opening day. All kinds of uh, transactions, roster decisions to go over. Uh, Granted, some of them are sort of on the fringes of rosters and might not have uh, much of a fantasy impact, or we're talking, uh, you know, pretty deep league impact. But the big ones, the small ones, going to go over all of them. And uh, very shortly here, going to have a very special guest, uh, going to be joined by Rich Grisham, who is the CMO from uh, Out of the Park Developments. And uh, he, uh, of course, this is the company that uh, gives you Out of the Park Baseball. And... Um, it's it's a very very cool game. I can't wait to talk to Rich, and fortunately, I won't have to wait for long because he'll be on with us uh, in just a minute or two. But before we do talk to Rich, couple of bigger developments that I, I definitely want to uh, put up top here uh, at the the beginning of the show. A couple of closer situations that we've been waiting on. One is the Diamondbacks. Uh, they had uh, announced that they were going to make an announcement. That's sort of like a meta announcement uh, that they're going to announce who the closer was before their game today. That announcement's been made. Brad Boxberger is going to be your opening day Diamondbacks closer. Archie Bradley's going to go back to the setup slash multiple inning relief role. Uh, so there you have it. Brad Boxberger. Um, I've already put in a couple of claims for him before today's show. Hopefully they'll go through. Do like him as a closer. And then the other one, a little bit less definitive, but there seems to be uh, some speculation, maybe some leading, leaning towards the Angels now going with Blake Parker. Uh, in particular, there was a tweet uh, last night from Jeff Fletcher of the Orange County Register. Uh, also, I see Blake Park- Parker pitched the ninth inning tonight. Hint, hint. So, uh, you know, that I think that doesn't sound exactly like a scoop, but it certainly does uh, sound like uh, maybe now Mike Sosha is leaning towards Blake Parker. I got to say, the, whether it was the early reports, there was a report about a week back or so from John Heyman that uh, Sosha was leaning towards Cam Bedrosian. I've been avoiding this situation in all my drafts. I've got my last one tonight, by the way, so I've t- still got one more draft. Uh, but I've been avoiding it just based on last season that Sosha just didn't settle on a closer. So even if it is Blake Parker starting on Thursday, I don't know that Blake Parker is going to be closing games by Monday. And that may not even have anything to do with how well Blake Parker does or doesn't do. So that's my two cents on that situation. But I do feel pretty good about uh, Brad Boxberger uh, closing out games for the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, uh Anyhow, those are uh, two of the uh, uh, more prominent news stories heading into today. But um, got a few more because I don't think Rich is uh, on the line with us yet just yet. Like I said, very shortly we'll be talking to uh, Rich Grisham, who uh, will be joining us from uh, Out of the Park Developments and Out of the Park Baseball. Really cool game. Uh, 
So uh, hopefully we'll, uh, yeah, it sounds like we're going to have them on in just about a minute. The other just quick piece of news I'll get in here before uh, we're joined by Rich is that Jason Worth was picked up and signed by the Seattle Mariners. So giving them some much, much needed outfield depth. But he's not going to start the year with the Mariners uh, since he's missed all spring training. Uh, it's going to go down, I think, to AAA Tacoma and uh, get in some playing time there. But now Jason Worth all of a sudden is uh, somebody to put on your radar. Uh, in, I would say not extremely deep leagues. But, uh, you know, maybe we're talking 15 team mixed and deeper. So with that news behind us, I am very, very happy to announce that we do have Rich Grisham on the line. Again, he is joining us from Out of the Park Developments, who bring us Out of the Park Baseball and just recently launched Out of the Park Baseball 19. Uh, Rich, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on with you. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I, actually, I, I typically enjoy the process of getting ready for, for this show, but it was extra fun today because I basically spent about an hour and a half just playing around with the, the new version of Out of the Park Baseball, Out of the Park Baseball 19. Uh, and so I understand that you will be, uh, or I don't know if it's, are you making the appearance tomorrow on uh, MLB Network? Yeah, tomorrow uh, we okay. are collectively uh, officially unveiling our 2018 season predictions on the MLB network. Uh, we, we will not personally be there. The the guys oh. on MLB tonight will be unveiling them, but we have been on MLB network uh, in the past. I made an appearance last year talking about the game, but this particular time uh, they're going to show uh, what our 1000 simulations came up with. Wow. Well, and last year uh, came up with the Astros as the world series champion. So Sounds like it's something that's uh, going to be worth our while to check in with uh, tomorrow night. That's the plan that we certainly hope, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're in and around the Las Vegas area, I'm not telling you you should go, you know, wager based on what we're saying, but you know, wouldn't probably be the worst decision you ever made. Right. <laughs> I, I, I suppose that it's based, not based on last year. Certainly not. Certainly not. Uh, well, you know, uh, I know that some of our listeners are familiar with Out of the Park Baseball. In fact, I did a, a giveaway, so thank you very much for generously uh, donating a, uh, a game key for me to give away. Uh, and uh, so uh, I had a, a trivia contest on yesterday's show, and uh, we have a winner uh, at Tino1918. He got the free key to the uh, Out of the uh, Park Baseball 19. But for those awesome. who may not be familiar with the game, uh, what's what's the uh, you know, sort of elevator talk overview about uh, how, how the game works. Sure. Out of the park baseball 19 is a baseball strategy game. So it's not about your ability to click buttons really fast or, or, you know, use a, a joystick on a video game console controller. It's for people who love baseball and who want to have the experience of actually managing a, a franchise. Now that franchise could be a, a, you know, a 2018 major league franchise with the entire major league club and all of the minor league clubs. It could be any franchise ever in the past in the history of the game. We go all the way back to the late 1800s, all the way through current day. It could be a fictional uh, franchise that you create, like one of the things that we introduced last year 
was the inclusion of the Negro Leagues, right? So you could say, what ha- what would have happened if I had, uh, you know, had Satchel Paige or Josh Gibson on teams with Dizzy Dean and things like that? You can you can create your own in- entire world. But whether you're doing it in a, a real world or whether you're doing it in the past or whether you're doing it in sort of your own universe that you create, it's all about your ability to manage a team, to do the scouting, the drafting, the free agents. It's about your in-game smarts if you want to get to the level of managing in a game or if you just want to take a seat in the owner's box and be the the general manager controlling it. You can do any or all of those things. But ultimately, it's about being uh, a baseball strategy guy and however you want to do that. And that's why so many people like it and have fun with it because, let's face it, baseball is a lot more about what you would have done or what you should have done than a, uh, than what you did or what you uh, or what you have done. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, there's there's so many different ways to to configure this. And so you know, you mentioned the inclusion of the Negro Leagues, and also um, I noticed that you could you can use uh, uh, the Nippon uh, League and uh, uh, Korea and uh, just you know a, a huge list of uh, leagues from which you can draw players. So can you literally mix and match anything and have? Uh, uh, you know, major league players with double A players with uh, Korean KBO players. Is there? A, can you mix and match? You know, without limits. The short answer is yes. So you can you can do all sorts of things. I'll give you a, an example. I love baseball history, and I'm of a certain age where certain eras of baseball are particularly appealing to me. So, for example, the 1980s are when I really, really fell in love with baseball. And so when I got uh, my uh, version of Out of the Park 19, I said, I wonder who the best World Series winner of the 1980s is. So I set up a 10-team fictional league, took every World Series Series winner from 1980 through 1989, and I set them up to play a 162-game season against each other just with those 10 teams and then have a tournament afterwards to seed them, kind of like a March Madness tournament, to ultimately determine who the best of those uh, teams is. Now, that's what I did uh, for the last couple of days, but you could do that with any teams ever, not just current major league teams, not just past major league teams, but you could take any international teams. You can you can grab teams from any existing international or major league. You can put them all together in tournaments and leagues and all kinds of stuff. So you can, you, you can do it to your heart's content. It just depends upon how deep you want to go. Uh, that's the only, uh, you know, that's the only question. That's pretty, that's, that is pretty cool. Uh, are there particular teams from the past, whether it's the eighties or some other era that, uh, you like to uh, manage the most, uh, using, uh, using the game? Well, a couple of things, right? So I mentioned, I sort of grew up I, I, as a kid, I fell in love with baseball in the eighties and that's when, you know, I'm a Mets fan. So, my personal greatest baseball triumph was in 1986, but some of my biggest heartbreaks were in 1984, 1985, and 1987. So I like to sometimes just go in and play around with that 1986 Mets team because they were so dominant. But I also try to right the wrongs of 1985, for example, when the Mets were right there at the end and then they, they, um, they just faltered at the end against the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, man, John Tudor just Oh, I'm still upset about that to this day. So, you know, I, I like to I like to sort of go back and try to right some wrongs. But I also, you know, a long, long, long time ago, I used to love playing micro league baseball, which is sort of in, in a lot of ways the spiritual predecessor of out-of-the-park baseball. And 
because minor league baseball was a game that let me sort of discover a bunch of teams I didn't know of, like the 1945 Cubs, the 1968 Cardinals, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the 1961, or sorry, the 1963 Dodgers. Uh, there's some, some teams from the past I also have a special affinity for that I like to go in and play around. But I also really, the first thing I like to do when I get my copy of Out of the Park Baseball is to say what's going to happen this year. So I also like to, to put my uh, my club together and run a couple simulations and see what Out of the Park thinks is going to happen this year too. So there's a bunch of different things I like to do, but there's definitely some teams from the past that I like to revisit every year and see what's going on. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you just mentioned a whole, you know, and again, it's just a fraction of what you can do with the game, but, you know, I mentioned a whole, a whole bunch of different uh, ways that you can use it. And I, I uh, fired off a, an email to Nando DeFino this morning. I said, you know, thanks a lot for uh, introducing me to this game. I've got things to do and, and they're not going to get done now. <laughs> so it'll definitely I take over you. your life. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I also hear you on the 80s Mets thing because uh, uh, I grew up a Phillies fan. And so, you know, for me, it would be sort of a dilemma whether to, you know, just replay the 80 World Series team or, uh, you know, try to make things work out better in 76, 77, and 78. So, or 83, uh, right? The, the Weave kids, as they call them. Yeah. They almost made it there, but couldn't quite close the deal again against the Orioles. Yep. Yeah, that, that, was, that was my life as a Phillies fan. <laughs> but at least there was the, the one World Series in 80, so that, that they did win. Uh, well, uh, you know, when you, you, you log into the game, of course, you're, you're set right up there with uh, 2018 rosters. Uh, so, and, and it, it's really remarkable to me that everything in here seems very up to date. And there's, of course, right now, things are changing literally by the hour. Oh, yeah. So, so how does this work, right? Is if somebody, uh, you know, buys the game and they've got the uh, 2018 projections in there, what, what can they do in the 2018 season with, you uh, you know, uh, uh, current rosters? Well, so if you buy the game today, you're going to get the rosters that we have as of like a couple of days ago. And then once the regular season starts in a few days, we'll very quickly uh, make sure that the rosters are available. So it's a very modern game in some ways in that over the course of the season, we provide patches and we provide like quick start options and things like that too. So, you know, for example, not only can you get updated rosters as the season goes along, there's a huge community of people, by the way, that also sort of provide their own all sorts of different things like old, you know, historic stadiums and, and updates to old uniforms from the past and stuff like that. So it's not just the rosters, but it's also this entire community, an amazing community of out-of-the-park, you know, diehard fans who who, who – just give you so many tools to do, but also, you know, we give you a quick start. So like near the end of the season, you can sort of do a pennant chase based upon where the standings are at that point in time. And uh, we get other quick start options like, uh, you know, the 1994, you know, that horrible year when they went on strike, you know, you can, you can sort of quick start and, and run through and, and, and find out once again that yes, the Montreal Can- the Montreal Expos, excuse me, would have won the World Series in 1994. So over the course of the season, we're making constant regular updates to not just rosters but all sorts of stuff, so that we can keep the game fresh and keep pe- people coming back. Because you know, we, we there's a lot that you can do with the game right now. You never need to take an update, but it's always fun to get new and fresh updates to rosters and and quick starts and things like that too. 
Absolutely. Well, uh, we've only got a couple of minutes uh, left here, but uh, I want to ask you something uh, you know, specific about uh, the game and, and maybe just your involvement with it, this aspect of it. And that is the player ratings, because, uh, you know, with these kinds of games, whether it's, you know, a board game or, or an online game like this one, uh, the, the players have, you know, all sorts of ratings in terms of, you know, hitting, defense, pitching, but also things like morale and popularity. Were there any particular ratings that you found interesting, amusing, surprising as you were putting uh, this version of the game together? Well, I always love seeing what the guys uh, come up with. And, you know, with, with, with baseball, baseball is all about the numbers and all about the the ratings. So, you know, with, with something like Out of the Park, what, what my favorite thing to do is I really try to find some of the outliers and try to exploit them. And I don't mean like in a gaming cheating kind of way. I mean, just, you know, I want to find that guy who my scout thinks has some sort of an attribute that is significantly different than anyone else. Like my favorite one is the K, uh, you know, strike strikeouts per nine innings. Like if I can find someone who's got like an 11 or a 12 or a 13 kind of a, of a number that they're going to produce, I'm going to pounce all over that because one of the cool things about out of the park baseball is we also it's not it, it not every era is the same right the dead ball era of the 20s is different than the speed and defense era of the 60s which is different you know than the 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 home run era of the 90s and stuff so uh, if if i'm playing a modern game i'm all about the k through not k slash nine attribute if i can find a guy who's got a really high number on there i'm going to go do everything i can to put him in my bullpen and, and bring him up and groom him to be that, you know, that loogie, that, you know, left, uh, that lefty, you know, one, one out guy, right. That'll come in. And if you got one or two or three of those kind of guys, you know, that in, you know, the year 2018, that's how you win. It's not so much about your starting pitching. It's about your bullpen. So that's All an right, example well, of the kind of things that I look for. All right. Well, sounds good. Well, Rich, unfortunately, we're out of time. But, Rich Grisham, thank you so much for joining us. I'll look for you on MLB uh, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock Eastern. Well, not you, but out of the park baseball. Thank you again so much for uh, dropping by. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. So, all right, folks, uh, time for break. We'll be right back on the other side. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Alan Melchior. And once again, I'd like to thank uh, Rich Grisham for taking time out of what I'm sure right now is a very busy schedule as they've just rolled out uh, out of the park baseball 19. And again, you can uh, check out the unveiling, uh, the official unveiling of the game and the uh, 20 
18 predictions that they uh, do based on simulations on MLB Network at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. That's tomorrow. So fun talking with uh, Rich. I would have actually loved to keep him on for another segment. But like I said, lots and lots of roster developments here. So I absolutely wanted to be sure to leave time to get to those. And I will just after this very brief reminder that Fantasy Factor is the perfect daily fantasy site for the casual recreational player. They've got flatter prize pools, smaller fields, and single-entry contests only. Fantasy Factor always has fun contests going. Right now, too, with free entry, there's a March Madness bracket, there's a Sweet 16 bracket, and Fantasy Factor is running a $100,000 home run derby this year. Simply sign up and enter at www.fantasyfactor.com. All right, so uh, before I had Rich Grisham on, I uh, just uh, dropped a couple of those uh, closer developments that the Diamondbacks have officially named Brad Boxberger as their closer to start the year. Archie Bradley going back to the same role he had a year ago, uh, setting up a lot, probably pitching uh, the occasional multi-inning stint. So status quo for him, but Brad Boxberger getting back to, to closing. Uh, a lot of strikeout potential there for him. And as long as uh, the, the walks don't get to him and the fly ball tendencies uh, don't hurt him. And again, don't forget the humidor. I think that's going to help uh, Brad Boxberger. Uh, he has a chance to be a very, very valuable closer. And uh, the Angels situation, nothing uh, official there. But uh, again, from uh, a tweet from Jeff Fletcher of the Orange County Register, it sounds like Mike Sosha is leaning towards Blake Parker now as uh, the team's closer. Uh, but let's uh, get on to some of the other things to talk about. Greg Bird on Monday's show, uh, we were waiting on an update uh, on him. We now have that. Actually, we had that later yesterday after the show. Uh, Greg Bird's going to have surgery to remove a broken spur from his right ankle, and so he's going to be out an estimated six to eight weeks. So that is unfortunately a big blow uh, to Greg Bird's value for the season. You know, when you're you're missing really minimum a quarter of the season. Uh, I talked about this a little bit. I think it was on yesterday's show or on a recent show. How that that to me is sort of the tipping point when you really do need to just kind of play. Or if they're going to move miss three or four weeks, that's not great. But you know, you can find somebody with replacement value very cheaply to fill in, and, and you're not taking a huge hit. But when you're missing a quarter of the season or more. That's uh, that's substantial, and that's the situation for Greg Bird. So, I was hopeful that that would mean a long look for Tyler Austin, but most of the reports and speculation, too, just to be honest, uh, that I've seen is that's going to be uh, Neil Walker getting time at first base, and Tyler Wade, who has made the Yankees' opening day roster for sure, might not just be a utility guy; might actually see a lot of action over at second base. So. That's not, uh, if that follows through, that's not really a great development for uh, Tyler Austin either. So better better development for a different Tyler, Tyler Wade. Um, and again, you know, don't forget that you've got uh, Miguel Andahar, who I uh, read was uh, getting some work at first base. He Maybe he's a uh, candidate to get called up at some point during the span. Or Glaber Torres coming in at second with Neil Walker at first. So all kinds of permutations here that we could see mix and match. So I'm not going overboard, say, on, you know, Neil Walker. I've been a little bit lukewarm on pursuing him. 
uh, since the Yankees signed him anyway, just because I figured maybe Glaber Torres is up in a couple of weeks. Who knows? So I, I, I think of Neil Walker is more of keeping the seat warm. Maybe not. I mean, you know, it's a very fluid situation. And sometimes, you know, like last year with Cody Ballinger, we expect uh, uh, prospects to get a late call-up, and then they wind up playing almost the whole season. And other times, we, we anticipate somebody's going to be up in April or early May, and we don't see them at all. We don't see them till August or September. So I'm not going to pretend to know how this is going to play out while Greg Bird is out. But there, I have. I think on the, one, on the other hand, that lack of certainty kind of scares me off from from everybody that's that's in that potential mix. Uh, now, some surprising prospect related news: Ryan McMahon. It's been a roller coaster of a spring training for him, where he got off to a great start. And there were a lot of reports that he was in the driver's seat to be the for the Rockies' first baseman. Then there were reports that he was almost certain to be sent down. Those reports turned out to be wrong. According to Denver Post, Ryan McMahon is on the Rockies' opening day roster. Now, whether that means it's as a regular first baseman or he's splitting time there with Ian Desmond, that remains to be seen. But it's hard for me to believe that Ryan McMahon would be given a spot on the roster if he's not going to play pretty regularly. Now, he does have some versatility. Maybe this is a Scott Kingery-type situation where you could see him at different positions. Maybe you see him uh, a little at second. Uh, he plays third, but uh, I don't know how often Nolan Arenado is going to need a day off. But maybe that versatility helps McMahon out a lot. But I just suspect that the path of least resistance is to have him play a lot of first base and have Ian Desmond get a lot of playing time in the outfield. So we'll have to see how that, that plays out. But that's that's my speculation. Also from that same report from the Denver Post, Rymel Tapia was not on the lineup card, which looks and sounds like a hint that he might be getting uh, option to the minors. In other Rockies news, they have uh, finally announced that John Gray is going to be their opening day starter at the uh, Diamondbacks. And it's going to be Tyler Anderson in game two and Herman Marquez in game three. So that's as far as we know, but it's a three-game week for the Rockies. So no Chad Bettis. Um, so uh, you, you don't uh, figure on, on any other Rockies uh, until, until week two. I think Kyle Freeland is probably the fifth starter there. So if you have him rostered, uh, don't worry about him in week one. But if you do have Marquez or Anderson, or for that matter, John Gray, get them in your rotations if they're your best options. And in John, John Gray's case, that's almost certainly going to be true. The Marlins have cleared up a little bit their very, very fuzzy rotation situation. According to MLB.com, Don Mattingly has announced that Caleb Smith is going to be the Game 2 starter. We've known for quite some time that it was going to be Jose Arrania on opening day. Uh, initially, it was supposed to be Dan Straley for game two, and now he's going on the DL. Be out for, uh, it sounds like, another week or two. So Caleb Smith, formerly of the Yankees, uh, going to be the Marlins' second game starter. And uh, Adrissima Despagne, who has looked like a pretty solid lock for a rotation spot for a week or two now. He is definitely in. He gets game three. And the rest of the rotation is is unsettled still, but still some interesting developments. According to the Miami Herald, uh, Adam Conley is uh, looks like he's going to be sent down, was not with the team today. 
Also, not related to the rotation, but uh, uh, Scott Van Slyke also looking like he's going to get sent down. On the oh. other hand, Trevor Richards' prospect is with the team and could be the number four, number five starter. So that's pretty interesting. And Harlan Garcia, who I'm pretty sure had been optioned a couple weeks ago, is also back with the team. He had been stretched out as a starter. So I don't know if we're looking now at Richards and Garcia as the four and five starters, or if maybe Garcia is going to the bullpen. Uh, that is all unclear, but at least we're getting some hints about what this Marlins rotation is going to look like. And we definitely know what it's, it's going to look like for week one. So uh, you want to take a deep league flyer on Caleb Smith or just uh, Despagne, you're going to get innings from them in week one. Uh, there was a bit of a scare on Monday with Rafael Devers in an exhibition game. He uh, uh, hurt his knee sliding into Victor Caratini, the Cubs' backup catcher. But uh, appears that he is fine. And according to Red Sox manager uh, Alex Cora, uh, that he is still planning on Devers starting on opening day on Thursday. So that coming to us from the Boston Globe. Very, very good news for Rafael Devers. Uh, Bartolo Colon, remember the uh, Rangers let him go? Well, he's back. He's back on a minor league deal. And not only that, he's going to make the uh, opening day roster and is going to get at least one start in the rotation. So he is already penciled in to start April 2nd at the A's, uh, barring something unforeseen, according to the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. So at least tentatively, we've got Bartolo Colon going for the first game in week two. So that means we know who's pitching for the Rangers in week one. I had a little bit of uncertainty about this uh, on Monday's show when I was running down uh, many of the major league rotations. And so now we know for sure uh, that, uh, you know, whether or not it's Cologne, and it does sound like it is Cologne in the fifth game, that the four-game week against the Astros are going to feature Cole Hamels on opening day, and then in some order, Doug Fister, Matt Moore, and Mike Miner. So as I've talked about on a few different episodes, that means there's Fister's the only righty that's going up against the Astros. So just to reiterate what I said on yesterday's show, don't even think about starting Derek Fisher this week in your outfield. I think the only game he is looks certain to start is that one against Fister. So probably going to see a lot of uh, J.D. Davis I did put in a claim for uh, in the Scott White Dynasty League and got him for a buck. And then remembered in that league that we have a long week one. <laughs> so maybe not the best use of a, of a dollar of fab money, but uh, there are going to be other weeks too where I imagine J.D. Davis is, is going to get a lot of at-bats. So, uh, and I may still see fit to use them this week. Uh, so uh, also uh, related to that whole situation, according to MLB.com, Jeff Bannister, uh, the, the Rangers manager, wants to keep Mike Miner on a every six-day schedule. So that's part of what's going on there with Bartolo Colon starting on April 2nd. Uh, it also, I, I think, it was a signal that Martin Perez is not ready to come back yet. But uh, you may see Bannister... Uh, slide in some spot starters here and there to, to ensure that Mike Miner's starting every sixth day. And you might look at that as not great news for Mike Miner. I look at that as very good news because they're being concerned and cautious about his innings. And I think that's going to enhance the chances that he stays healthy and effective all season long and makes him, uh, I think, right up there with um, Joe Musgrove as 
one of the most or the actually the most valuable uh, SPARPs if you are in that sort of league, a head-to-head -head league, where you can use a starting eligible pitcher in a relief slot. So that's good good news in those formats for the Mike Minor owner, or maybe in every format. And even more Rangers news, according to MLB.com, Ryan Rua, and not as I had assumed previously, Drew Robinson, Ryan Rua is going to be given the chance to be the Rangers' everyday left fielder. So it's not even clear whether or not Drew Robinson's going to be on the open day, opening day roster. Uh, so Rua, it's, it's a curious decision because he is considerably better against lefties than he is against righties. But uh, last season, not impressive numbers, but in terms of the batted ball profile, a little bit intriguing because a very high pull rate uh, above 50%, that's extremely high. And did hit with more power last year. So it didn't really show up in the stat line. But, you know, that's a trend that maybe pretends that, that Rua could be more of a power source, especially with the playing time it looks like he's going to get than uh, we're anticipating. And again, remember, this is all probably a temporary situation until Willie Calhoun is ready to be called up. So I don't want to go overboard with Ryan Rua, just saying there may be a little bit more incentive there to pick him up in a deeper league than would appear based on looking at last season's uh, fantasy stats, uh, you know, for the time that he's going to be the, the Rangers starter there. And one more Rangers note, Rangers Palooza here, that uh, I think I talked about Carlos Tochi on a recent show. If I haven't, I'm talking about now. He stole eight bases and nine attempts in spring training, and he has made the opening day roster as a Rule 5 player. So uh, unless the, the Rangers decide to return to the Phillies at some point, he's going to be a Ranger for the entire 27, uh, sorry, uh, 2017 season. Or no, <laughs> I don't even know what year it is. This is ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's March already. Time to, to get up to speed. 2018 season. And uh, so, uh, you know, there's somebody, again, a deep league steel source. And uh, also in some Rule 5 news, Victor Reyes has made the Tigers opening day roster. He was the first overall pick in the, uh, in the Rule 5 draft. And he, you know, on the face of it, it looks like he should be a little bit more of a stolen base threat than Tochi. Uh, he did steal 18 with double A Jackson when he was in the Diamondback system last year, but he did not make a single stolen base attempt all spring. So what that means, I don't know. If you're in an AL only league and you're, you're looking for steals, do you go Reyes? Do you go Tochi? If those are your uh, options, uh, I'm not sure. I would say, actually, I'd lead towards Tochi because eight steals in spring training. That's, I know spring training stats, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, that, that, that's a lot of steals in a short time. That's interesting to me. So uh, I've got one more Rangers tangentially related topic. Not really, but I'm just trying to make a theme where one doesn't really exist here. Andrew Kashner, because he was a Ranger last year, of course, now he's an Oriole. According to MLB.com, he is reintroducing his slider into his arsenal. And that's interesting because for all the, the talking that I have done on the show about Andrew Kashner and the lack of strikeouts, but the incredible success at limiting hard contact, uh, maybe that slider takes him uh, back towards uh, his, his prior form of being a better strikeout pitcher. And I, you know, I don't know if that will necessarily hurt his ability to, to limit extra base hits. But uh, anyway, 
it's a little wrinkle for Andrew Kashner, who's going to be the number two starter for the Orioles uh, after Dylan Bundy this year. So uh, he will be good to go for uh, week number one if you're doing the short week. So I got a whole bunch of other things. I'm just getting started here. Rosters taking shape. Uh, so again, we've got you know news about which players are you know making the roster, which players are going to be cut. I've got a whole bunch of cuts that I, I could run through, and um, also going to look a little bit at uh, some early fab results, in tout wars, and uh, one of my other leagues. So all that coming ahead. Time for a little break. Stick around. I'm going to be right back. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back, everybody. You are still listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Alan Melkier. Thank you for joining me today. Sticking around for this last segment. Uh, I promise got lots of good information for you. I've got uh, more news, uh, some DL developments, uh, some cuts, a lot of those. Uh, and, 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 you know, now that we're getting down to the 25-man roster, you know, the, the, the cuts we're seeing now are ones that may be surprises. There are certainly ones that may matter uh, to us. In fantasy, so uh, gonna get to all of that. Uh, first, though, uh, just a quick word on dailyrodo.com. Uh, you can dominate your DraftKings and FanDuel Major League Baseball contests this summer with Daily Roto's MLB projections and optimizer. Go to dailyrodo.com slash premium and save 10% with promo code FNTSY to use all the same tools and projections. That millionaire maker winner Drew Dinkmeyer uses. And the tools don't just work for football. This is the very same site that Drew used for last year's top five $150,000 DraftKings live final finish. So head over to dailyroto.com slash premium, save 10% with the promo code FNTSY and see the results for yourself. So a uh, couple of DL moves. Uh, neither is at all surprising. Uh, Daniel Murphy has been placed on the 10-day DL uh, by the Nationals. So I think I mentioned on a recent show that we're probably looking at Howie Kendrick and Wilmer Defoe filling in for him. Uh, and he should be out for several weeks. So, uh, you know, if only we could get a, a, a good sign on, you know, whether it's going to be Kendrick or Defoe that um, – you know, is going to get the bulk of the playing time there. That would, you know, make either one, I think, a little more attractive. Uh, so that's something to watch, you know, maybe the first week or so and see how that uh, that one turns out. Also, Diamondbacks uh, have officially placed Steven Souza on the DL. So, uh, you know, these are things that we, we do, you know, even when we know that the DL stint is coming, it's good to take note of it because uh, then, you know, most likely you're, 
platform, whatever you use, uh, you're very soon going to be able to put these players on your DLs. So if you're a Steven Souza owner or a Dana Murphy owner and you haven't been able to DL your players yet, uh, you know, go check that out very soon because you might might be able to, uh, you know, very soon now. Uh, hopefully that gives you a little bit of roster flexibility. And one player who does not appear is going to go on the DL. Uh, and good news for him is Ryan Zimmerman. Uh, so he is uh, expected to be ready for opening day. So if you've got him and you've been kind of on the fence, sounds like he should be safe to get into your lineups. Uh, Anthony Desclafati, I haven't talked about him in quite a while because it's been clear for, I think, about two weeks or so that he was not going to be ready for opening day. Well, now we have a bit more of a timetable for Desclafani, according to MLB.com. He's dealing with a strained oblique and will be out until sometime in May or June. So it looks like we're looking at, you know, roughly, give or take, a third of the season before Desclafani will be in the Reds' rotation. And, of course, we're still waiting to see if Brandon Finnegan's going to be ready. That fifth starter slot for the Reds is wide open right now. So, uh, you know, we know that Homer Bailey is going to be uh, the opening day starter. Uh, Tyler Maley, Maley has made uh, the uh, made the cut there. And uh, Sal Romano uh, has, has made the cut as well. Of course, Luis Castillo, there's been no doubt. I think he's going to start the second game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that fifth spot, it's still, you know, could we be, could see uh, Finnegan in there. We could maybe see Amir Garrett, who, until they need a fifth starter, uh, the Reds are going to have him in the bullpen. So, so uh, but Desclafani out uh, for, it sounds like, roughly two months. Now, a few cuts to know about. Uh, the Phillies let Cameron Rupp go. There were some reports within the last few days that maybe he'd get traded to the Rangers, who are looking to upgrade at the backup catcher position, uh, now Rob's a free agent. The Giants have DFA Jarrett Parker, and that outfield situation is, th- at this late time, still really confusing. I mean, we know that we've got Hunter Pence and Andrew McCutcheon in the corners, but you've had uh, the prospect Stephen Duggar with a good spring still sticking around. you got Austin Jackson, who was signed to be a platoon player, but it's not clear that there's anybody to platoon with them unless they, they keep Duggar up. Uh, or maybe Gorky Hernandez uh, gets those at-bats against uh, righties. Maybe Gregor Blanco, though he too was supposed to be uh, more of a fourth outfielder type for the Giants. So that, that's really still wide open there. But I still think if you're looking long-term and at this point, you should be. It seems like Steven Duggar, whether it's opening day or a little bit down the line, that he's going to be the guy playing most of those games in center field for the Giants. That's, from all reports, seems pretty consistent. The Brewers let Giovanni Gallardo go. On yesterday's show, I said he was going to the bullpen. So now I stand corrected. Giovanni Gallardo is now a free agent. And the Padres have released Chris Young. So uh, that rotation situation is still very much in flux. Uh, I did talk about on yesterday's show that um, Denelson Lamette's going to be be out for quite a while. He was supposed to start the the second game, so you got um, Clayton Richard starting the opener. You've got Luis Perdomo starting the third game. So as far as that second game goes, uh, it's not going to be Chris Young, but it could be Tyson Ross, could be Robbie Erland, or Joey Lucchese. 
So those are, uh, you know, three options to fill that spot in the rotation. I, I think Brian Mitchell is in there somewhere. Uh, I would assume maybe he's starting the second game, but I would assume starting the fourth game. But as far as for the, the fourth spot in the rotation, uh, those seem to be your your options now that Chris Young has been released by the Padres. And in other Padres news, uh, Franchi Cordero has been ruled out for opening day for a little while now. Uh, now, according to MLB.com, he is going to miss at least another week or two. So I've got him in almost every league, and I'm not exaggerating. I drafted him all over the place, deep league, shallow leagues. Uh, so uh, I still think he could play a big role for the Padres this year. In fact, I've got a bold predictions piece coming out today for fan tracks, and I have made my bold prediction about Franchi Cordero. I will leave it for you to go to Fantrax and check that out. Uh, I know I talk about him a lot. I like him. I drafted him all over the place. Uh, so I will explain in that piece, or I have explained, what exactly my expectations are and why I like him so much. All right, so uh, that pretty much puts a wrap on a lot of the roster news. But, um, you know, now that we're coming upon opening today and having to set our lineups, and tomorrow's show, by the way, is, is I'm going to take your lineup questions, and the, and the focus is going to be, you know, very much on on setting lineups. Be the last chance to do so on the show before uh, first pitch of opening day. Uh, but uh, I want to take a little time to talk about uh, Fab. And actually, you know, let me back up because I, I almost skipped over one little thing. One thing I left out before I get to Fab, uh, but going back to yesterday's show when I talked about week one and how rotations are setting up and what the schedule looks like, which teams have four games, which teams have three games. One thing I left out of that discussion is that we do have an interleague series between the Pirates and the Tigers that's at Detroit. So uh, you're going to have the Pirates needing a DH. It looks like Adam Frazier is going to be the, the biggest beneficiary of that. And it appears that the Tigers 1-2-3 in that series are going to be Jordan Zimmerman, Michael Fulmer, and Francisco Liriano. So the first two games you got righty starters, I, I think it's pretty close to a lock that you're going to have Adam Frazier starting those first two games. So I realize uh, for a lot of formats, talking about a guy who's going to get two starts he might otherwise not get, it's not the biggest deal. But in deeper formats, that could be uh, that could be a tiebreaker for you. And the third game facing Liriano, I'd be surprised if Frazier started that one. My guess would be David Freeze, who hits lefties very well. So if you're playing in daily leagues, tuck that one away. For uh, unfortunately, I can't remember now if it's Saturday or Sunday. I think it's I think it's Sunday. Uh, but that uh, last game between the Pirates and the Tigers, just tuck that away. That uh, David Freeze could be in a lineup and could be a very very nice start for you at third base. So all right. With no further delay, let me get back to the topic of Fab. Now, if you listen to the Tout Wars Hour with uh, Laura Michaels and um, usually Justin Mason, and if you don't, you should. And I'm saying usually Justin Mason because on this past weekend show, I, I subbed for Justin. So I got to take part in a really neat discussion and overview of uh, the Fab moves in all of the Tout Wars leagues. Uh, we ran our first Fab on Sunday. And uh, we have an earlier deadline now, so there's actually time 
to, uh, you know, I mean, it's nice for us as owners to have that time to maneuver in the roster. But, you know, I mean, because, you know, we really, uh, Tout Wars is supposed to be, you know, kind of an outward facing league and, uh, you know, a way for us to analyze what's going on in the league to, to help help provide advice and information. That gives us a little more time, too, to analyze what's going on in FAB in those leagues uh, before you set your own FAB bids. So in uh, the mixed league, which I'm a part of, uh, I uh, needed to replace Dan Straley, who's going to go on the DL. Marlins, please put him on the DL soon. <laughs> so I'd have to drop anybody. Uh, so I need a replacement, and I bid on Sal Romano. I bid $42, and nobody else bid on Sal Romano. So I effectively threw away $42. And that's not a knock on Sal Romano. I like Sal Romano. I am very, very pleased to get him. I thought he was pretty clearly the best starting pitcher who was a free agent. It's just that I could have bid $0 and had the same result. So that's always, especially early in the year when you're, you know, kind of adjusting to people's uh, bidding uh, tendencies, uh, that that's something you got to take note of sooner than later or uh, then you're going to wind up wasting even more money. So I bid $42 on, on Sal Romano. That was almost the biggest bid. And just a reminder to everybody that this is a 15-team Roto League. So when you hear these dollar amounts, the players that were free agents, that's the context. Uh, the most expensive bid was Jeff Zimmerman putting down $46 on Eduardo Escobar, who's going to be the primary replacement for Jorge Polanco. So, of course, when we had our auction... Uh, it was just, I think, a, a couple of days before the Polanco suspension. Maybe even one day. It was very, very quickly after. Uh, so Escobar was not taken. So 46 on Escobar. And I think the next highest bid on him, in fact, I don't have to guess. I can look here. Uh, it might take me a second to locate it. But um, it was, I, th- I want to say, in the teens. So, again, you know, I, I, I take, I like Jeff. Jeff's a, a great player. Uh, but I take a little comfort in the fact that he overspent. So I don't feel quite so bad about wasting $42 on Sal Romano. Yeah, the next bid was uh, Derek Van Riper at $11. So, again, it's not the end of the world, uh, you know, spending $35 more than you had to. Uh, but uh, Escobar, right, to me, is a must-own in a 15-team mixed league, maybe even 14-team uh, with the playing time that he's going to get. He's going to be pretty much a regular for half the season with, uh, you know, some moderate pop and uh, a chance to to produce some runs in the uh, in the Twins lineup. So some other uh, notable bids. Uh, Nate Carnes for $22 to Zach Steinhorn. So, uh, again, one of the better uh, starting pitchers that you could speculate on there, I think, you know, along with uh, Sal Romano. Um, uh, shoot, I'm trying to... Uh, oh, uh, Marco Gonzalez was who I was trying to think of, uh, who I also bid on as a contingent bid to Sal Romano. Uh, Corey Spanchenberg, Deron Chandler for $18, I thought was interesting because it's not clear how his playing time is going to shake out yet, but could be uh, a nice and apparently very cheap source of steals. Uh, A few $0 players, I'd say the most notable one is Derek Dietrich, who's going to get a lot of playing time. He went for $0.00 to uh, Scott Pianowski. So not super active, crazy bidding the first time around in the uh, Tout Wars Mixed, uh, which is, you know, I mean, 
these are seasoned veterans of the fantasy industry. Uh, it's a long haul. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not too surprised to not see uh, very active bidding there. And it's not that people don't have needs to fill, but, you know, again, it's, it's kind of looking at the big picture. And uh, another league, in fact, the only le- other league so far of all the leagues I'm in that's run a fab yet is uh, the Scott White Dynasty League, which I talk about quite a bit. And uh, the opening uh, fab was, a, I want to say Sunday. I think Sunday night was when that uh, initial fab ran. This is a very deep league, a 24-team dynasty points, head-to-head points league. So interesting format, but pretty deep. And yeah, and the, the, the bidding here was a bit more aggressive. Leandus Martin went for $14. Lucas Duda for 12 And again, this auction happened several weeks ago, so... Lucas Duda did not have a job at that point. I don't think so. So uh, he got picked up and uh, Hunter Dozier was dropped. And that's, again, sort of related because before the the Royals signed Duda, it looked like Dozier might have a good shot at playing time. Jose Perella to Commissioner Scott White for $11. And, you know, again, when you look at this deep of a league, the quality of player that's available it makes sense to go $11 on Jose uh, Perella, who stands to get a good team, a good uh, deal playing time with the Padres and quietly put up some nice numbers last season. Uh, Hector Velasquez, who looks like at least for a little while is going to be in the Red Sox rotation, he went for $8. Sal Romano went to me <laughs> in another league. Uh, so in this case, I need to replace Paul Blackburn. So Sal Romano is my go-to injury replacement guy. I spent $6 here uh, for Sal Romano. This is, a, by the way, it's Hot Wars. I should mention that's a $1,000 uh, uh, budget that we have uh, to start the season. And the Scott White Dynasty League, it's 100 So I actually spent a little more percentage-wise on Romano in this league. But as you can see, the bidding is a bit more aggressive. And I you know, know that from a past history in this league. Uh, Trevor Cahill went for $3 in this one. He's not in the Royals rotation, or not, sorry, not Royals, the A's rotation yet, but figures to be in the not-too-distant future. So anyhow, just to give you an idea, if you are still waiting to do your bidding, uh, who some likely free agents are, again, these are two sort of deeper formats. So if you're a deeper league, uh, these are players who could still be out there, give you some idea about what it might take to get them. So anyways, I'm just about out of time here. I hope that was helpful. But uh, tomorrow's show, like I said, it's going to be the last chance to really dig in and uh, deal with some lineup dilemmas. So I will be asking for your lineup questions. If you got them already, send them to me on Twitter at AlMelchiorBB. Anyways, thanks for tuning in so much. Uh, enjoyed, uh, hope you enjoyed the show today. I enjoyed it. And uh, be back same time tomorrow. Meanwhile, stay tuned for game time decisions. 